How do you respond when someone asks you, what are your core values? Does it feel too big and complex a question? Do you begin to stutter or perhaps race through a long list of descriptors? Or maybe you have a one word answer ready to go, or maybe you respond in some other way. Your Mindful Life Podcast. Hello and welcome. My name is Mary Slocum, and today we're delving into the subject of core values. What's a useful way to approach them, and how do they guide us away from dissatisfaction and suffering in our lives to satisfaction and even happiness? First, though, do you feel moved to support the podcast? I hope you do, and I hope you will, by going over to patreon.com forward slash your mindful life. That's patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash your mindful life, all one word, and become a member. As a member, you not only support the podcast, but you also receive member-only content created especially for you. So, I invite you, become a member today. Often in this podcast, I invite you to bring attention to your core values. Today, I offer a way to do that. And I offer how to use them to live a life that's satisfying rather than dissatisfying. Core values are often defined as beliefs that we live our lives by. Thinking about core values as beliefs can be problematic because beliefs can be limiting, dogmatic, and judging. Our beliefs are formed and altered by our social, physical, and cultural conditioning and so may simply reflect our conditioning rather than our true values. Rather than talk about core values as beliefs, it may be more helpful to think about them as guideposts. I like to think about them as Karens. You know, those markers that mean something to us. You might find them along your hiking path, or you might find them marking a monument. These Karens resonate with us as being true regardless of our conditioning or their context. So how do we find these markers? If you Google core values, you'll discover that there are hundreds and perhaps even thousands of lists of perhaps hundreds of descriptive words defining different core values. You'll also find a lot of guidance on how to choose them. Usually, you're asked to read through the list and select the top five or ten that resonate with you in each area of your life. The five or ten in your personal life or another five or ten in your work life and another five or ten in your relationship life and so on. I wondered as I read this, I wondered... Wait, are my core values different in one area of my life or another? Hmm, this didn't feel right to me. 
If I'm living my life mindfully, I'm present, aware, open, curious, and not judging, won't my core values, if they are really core and essential, resonate as true across all aspects of my life? I think so. And rather than think about core values as a list of descriptors, might it be more helpful to think about core values as being what's most important to me and how I am in the world, how I think, act, and approach my life? I think so too. So our starting point, and this is no surprise, is mindfulness. When we're mindful, we're equanimous, we're non-judging. We step back and see the big picture with openness, balance, and steadiness. The feel of equanimity is spacious, open, and free. Think about equanimity as being the foundation on which our core values rest. Equanimity allows us to sift through the shades of gray because we can see, think, and act clearly. Then, instead of trawling through a list of hundreds of words describing core values, why not take a more practical approach? Why not approach core values by the way we live our lives? Let's look at this. First, can we accept three things? Can we accept that everything changes and that nothing stays the same? Second, do we accept that dissatisfaction or suffering is a part of life? In other words, bad, hurtful, harmful, painful, or uncomfortable things happen. And third, do we accept that we have a choice how we will respond? Will we grasp onto the dissatisfaction and cling to it, making us miserable? Or do we try to ignore it or push it away and then realize that the more we push it away, the more it clings to us? Or do we accept that this is how it is right now and let it pass through us and open our hearts to kindness, compassion, and gratitude? I think we can accept that these things are just the way life is. And so now we can look at the basics of living. How do we live our life knowing that these things are true? And we can look at just the basics, speaking, acting, working, and contemplation. First, let's explore right speech. Now, by right speech, we're not talking about whether it's right or wrong. We're talking about speech that feels like it fits, like it's appropriate, speech that isn't harmful, boasting, sliding, or speech that we're not aware of how it's being received. We're also talking about the thoughts and attitudes of mind that precede what happens when we open our mouths and talk. Let's face it, if our attitude is that we don't like someone or are holding a grudge, and all we can think about is getting back at that person, the words that come out of our mouths, well, they're not going to be very kind, helpful, or feel right to us. We might feel justified for an instant, and then it doesn't feel so good. Usually, we feel tight and closed in. That's just how it works. 
Right speech also asks us to be honest, to say we don't know when we don't, and not to make up some story. It asks us to check what others tell us or what we read on social media. Just because someone says something doesn't make it true. And it also asks us to be on the lookout for repetition. When we hear the same thing repeated over and over, we still need to know, is it true? Because often, even though we're hearing the same thing repeated, it's not true. Right speech asks us to check our beliefs. Am I believing this because something in me wants to believe it, to make me feel like I belong, or to show another person or group who I am? Does my I identity, my ego, need to be pumped up and made to feel in control or feel better than others or simply feel part of the group? Another check we can do when we are mindful is to be aware of how it's feeling inside. Is it feeling spacious, flowing, and free? Or is it feeling tight, contracted, or narrow? If open and flowing, we're on the right track. If closed, contracted, and narrow, then we're off the path. Right action and right work follow right speech. Do we act to help where we can, to live honestly, to refrain from harming others and ourselves? Do we take action to take care of the environment on which we depend to carry on as a species, to thrive as a family and as a worker, as well as as an individual? Do we ask these little questions, if my actions or my work is harming others? What do I do? Do I continue or do I change? If my work is burning me out or if something's making me angry or if I'm being unkind to family and friends, do I keep on doing what I'm doing or do I change? Right now, there's a lot of conflict around the topic of the environment and climate change that's making our environments more difficult. We can think and talk about it as though it's something over there or something that someone invented or something that doesn't have anything to do with me or something that I can't affect even if I wanted to. But if, for example, you live in any of the Western states of America or in many other places in the world, there's a drought. And so having enough water is top of mind. So instead of thinking about it as a big abstract thing, we can start close to home and think about having enough water in the middle of a drought right now. And what actions are we willing to take to help? Are we willing to conserve? Are we willing to change our habits, to use less water and to repurpose water? perhaps by saving the water from our shower or doing the dishes to water the plants? And are we willing to do without? Are we willing to say goodbye to that beautiful green lawn? Are we willing to spend the time and money necessary to fix or improve the irrigation? Are we willing to look at hard problems in the face and act to resolve them? 
such as improving irrigation techniques for growing our food and removing harmful lead pipes from the water distribution systems to our homes. These last ones may sound really far away, but do you see how spending time thinking and then doing something to relieve the problem is always available to us if we pay attention? We may not be irrigation specialists, but we can be on the lookout for broken irrigation hoses and fix them when they happen. And now, what about mindfulness in our meditation practice? How do these fit in? When we're mindful, we're aware of the present moment. Yeah? We're aware of what's happening right now, and we're non-judging. We're not saying this is right and that's wrong and you're good and you're bad. No, we don't judge. We take it all in. We're curious and we're open to solving problems. And we're compassionate. We're willing to lend a hand. If our core values are guideposts, then being mindful is the way we know whether or not we're on the path. And meditation, well, meditation is simply the practice. It's the how we go about knowing our minds. It's the way we know about spending time with our thinking, where we're hurting, and what is sticking. And through meditation, we discover whether we're on the path or off it. And furthermore, it gives us the way of getting back on the path by being fully present by recognizing and allowing what's here, by asking little questions, being patient and curious, and being kind. So instead of perusing long lists of descriptive words, I invite you to peruse your life by looking at these very basic aspects of it. Spending time with what you say, what you do, and how you go about your work in the world, and how you give yourself the opportunity to feel satisfied rather than dissatisfied through mindfulness and meditation. This week, I invite you to contemplate your core values in your meditation practice. Bring to mind right speaking, right actions, and right work, and sit with each as you ask little questions like, what attitude of mind am I bringing to each of these? And how does it feel in my body? What stories are arising? And am I caught up in these stories? Or are they just passing through? Can I step back from it and see the big picture? And can I ask the little question, does this feel true? Does this feel honest? Does it feel right? And just feel how it feels in your body because you'll know when it feels true. And by all means, let me know how it goes. You can pop over to my website, yourmindfulpractice.com and send me a note. Get in touch. Contact me. I hope you enjoyed the show today, and as always, I'm grateful to you, my audience, and I'm also grateful for the people behind the scenes who make this podcast possible. 
Ali Allen for logo and podcast cover design, Gorgias Romero for original music, audio engineering and production, Bill Rafferty for technical web support, and Margaret Haas for announcing the show. Be well, be mindful. Be mindful.